Okay, what do I got to say? This is the 10th anniversary. Hooray. Are we ready to party? Okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, I'm taking you off speaker. The intro song. We're singing along, drinking beer, and talking about politics. Uh, Henry and Hops. Politics and beer. Adventures and thoughts for your ear holes to hear. So let's have a brew, maybe just three or two. Perchance discover new shit that we never knew. So come along. That's the end of our song. Yeah. That actually is the end of... That's it. Uh, we just talk culture and shit. Yeah, I'm gonna pop this beer. Do it. Here we go. All right, let's do it. What do you got? Oh, nice. I got a uh, Maniac Brewing Company, Belgian style. It's called Monk from the Yunk. Oh, I've totally seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monk from the Yunk. That's a great name, too. <laughs> and and I have to say, this this specific beer goes out to Macuda, and the reason is it's a uh, it's a can that I bought in Philadelphia today because I had an audition in Philadelphia, so I had to drive to Philly back to New York. Oh, and, shit. Uh, we were talking to Matt Gouda. You were, you were there Matt today? Person. I was there today, yeah. I had an audition earlier today. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what that, I told you. I had an early audition there today, and then I went to Federal Donut and uh, the Foodery afterwards. And when I was at the Foodery, I was thinking about uh, Matt, when we were talking about my bachelor party next week, which Matt is going to be at, yep, uh, with you, he's taking he's taking Hunter there. Uh, he mentioned that we were talking about what kind of beer we should have, and I said I was thinking maybe about bringing some cheap beer like Lion's Head or something, and he said he'd be really disappointed in me, <laughs> not thinking of something better, and. And I understand what he means, and I was thinking, like, what cans exist? I mean, obviously, there's, like, Founders All Day IPA. The, we talked about Six Point Resin. That was something we mentioned last night. Sly Fox. Sly store, Fox. Specifically, Sly Fox, yeah. But when in the store, I was specifically thinking, like, what are some out-of-the-box uh, cans? And one of the ones I came across was this Maniunk Triple, which I've, I've... I rarely see a triple in a can. Yeah, never. Right? Never, Yeah. Oh, and when I was there, I thought of uh, Dale's Pale as well. Like they, not Dale's Pale Ale, but they have that old chub and the like. They have that variety pack with the yellow pills and all those other the ones. The ten fifty, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some interesting ones. Yeah. Um, so I'm so I'm gonna try to drink this out of the can. I know that's kind of inappropriate for a triple, but I always feel like it's when I have a canned beer, it's hard not to. Oh yeah, it's so tempting. How it's is it? A, it's kind of an interesting experience because I'm not used to that 9% Belgian yeast coming from a can, but uh, yeah. it's really smooth. It's really smooth. You know, you actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it, the only other brewery that like is significant and that I know of that does like, there's actually a lot. I was at the boutique beer store today and I know a ton of like canned beers that I'd never seen before in Belgians and everything else, but... The other one is Twenty uh, First Amendment, San Francisco. You know the East. that's true, but I I wonder how I don't think those are uh, good for price point over here. I was trying to think of things that are made on the East Coast that might be good price point. Wise. Oh yeah, no, I mean they're not even incredible price point on the West Coast. Um, but they do, you know, they have one called Monk's Blood, which I think is a, you know, probably oh, a double. Today, yeah, probably it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. double. Yeah, and that's comes in a can, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what did I see today that was a... I saw a double IPA I'd never seen before that was made by... Oh, it was Ballast Points one. I'd never seen that. Dorado? El, El Dorado? Yeah. I don't know why. I just haven't, like, experienced it yet. Is that... But is, that. is that the one? Or is it another one? Is that the Imperial IPA? Yes. It's like a bluefish on the, on the label. 
Is like a greenish blue fish? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, literally in the image. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that might be what it is. I can't I can't remember exactly. There was also something else I thought about buying, but I also can't remember what that is now. But it ended up being six dollars for a twelve ounce can, and that was too much for me for today. This one was four, by the way. Foodery, not cheap, but you know it's a triple. It's all right. Oh yeah, dude. No, no. That I mean that place is never cheap. Yeah. Sorry, foodery. I mean, it's it's Philly's fault. I mean, it's PA's fault. It's not, it's not the foodery's fault. Yeah, I have to say though, when I was leaving the foodery, I saw like on the way out of the, the city, just back to my car in the few blocks that I had to walk, I saw like three or four other beer stores, and not like just beer stores that were selling like Budweiser, like bodegas, but like beer stores that had like craft beer advertised out front that they that they. Yeah, the one was probably called like then. Society Hill uh like grocery or something i think i know exactly what you're talking I, about i don't know if i saw that one i was just thinking there's a lot of pop-up stores that are that are you know up and coming in philly and elsewhere where beer is becoming a real thing like what we were talking about with that halftime thing yeah 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 well then my, my question is then like and i never fully understood this with with uh foodery so for some context um for our, all of our new listeners since we're big time on itunes Actually, if you go back into our archives and see our very first episode, we do visit another um, foodery. There's like four, I think, total. Yeah. Well, that's and that's why I went today. Also, is that I thought you know for this tenth anniversary special, as we're calling it. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's what this the, episode is. That's a good point, Juicebox. Um, the come come round with a foodery beer. Yeah, that's great. No, I'm I'm really happy you did that. The one thing I was gonna say though is that, and I think we've probably touched on this in the past, but given. Um, PA's ar- arcane beer beer laws, archaic or arcane? What's the? I think archaic, but I don't I don't know arcane. Also, I don't really bit. I don't Perhaps. really know the difference between those two words that well. Well, if I'm correct, arcane knowledge is more like uh, arcane is is more like devilish magic or something. I know. Uh, or it's a little it's like, like archaic. Archaic is more elder. I have to look up the arcane one. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm gonna inject a little bit of me talking over us, saying what this actually is. Okay. Yeah. So, from my internet investigation, I found that arcane is understood by few, mysterious, secret, while archaic is just plain old. But you know, like it's really hard to to sell bottles, basically, with not not cases. You know, the big thing in fit, yeah. in SA, uh, uh, sorry in PA is is the distributors. You, you, if you want to buy good beer and you know a decent amount of it, you go to the distributors. So that being said, like you were saying, there's pro- I'm sure there's more and more and more even since I left in Philly that are like these bottle shops, like the foodery. But what type of license do they have to have to basically do what you're not allowed to do? <laughs> according, you know what I mean? Well. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's interesting about PA is that I think I, I think if you have under six, if you're only selling six packs and under, I think you don't have to have a license like as much. It's like a lower license because I know a lot of Italian places in in, in Allentown or like small beer, like those are the places you would go to get a six pack at night because you yeah. can't go to those places that close at 9 p.m. So there are like options and most of them are like like small restaurants that happen to sell six packs in the front totally pick up you know you ever heard of pinocchio's so like, no i don't know what pinocchio's is oh, is that in the city philly it, it's outside of the city um pinocchio it's uh yeah it's a crazy good it's a it's a pizza spot in a 
outside of Philly, and they media in media. You know media. Yeah. So they carry. So they have. It's, it's a pizza spot. Apparently, it's like okay to, to decent pizza. Then they have a place called Pinocchio's Beer Garden to go, and there they have like. A thousand specialty beers. I'm on their website right now. Two hundred American craft international breweries. Like the, they have drafts and growlers to go, and an incredible. Uh, my buddy, actually, excuse me, worked there, works there still, and so that's where I would like. He would always bring bring super special beers, and it was su- such a treat. But it, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the restaurant where they're much better known actually as a craft beer store. Than as a pizza <laughs> restaurant, it's so cool. And I mean, it's not cool or not. It's just super fascinating. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm. I think there's a. I mean, PA beer laws are are archaic. That was when you said that. That was correct. I mean, they <laughs> they date back to a time when when state and uh, religion were not as separate as they are now. And not that they are super separate now, but like like the way that PA views liquor is is. Uh, doesn't agree with everyone's social view. Yeah, I think if people voted on it now, it probably wouldn't be that way. Well, they've been they've been in long talks to try you know to privatize the industry. But um, something that you just said kind of seems like a perfect segue into discussing uh, our first episode. But first, should we talk about what's going on, what yeah. we're doing here? Well, first, I wanted to ask you what you're drinking, and then yeah, we should talk about what we're doing here. So I'm drinking one of my very favorite beers. That is. I'm actually going to crack it right now. Mm. It always Ooh, sounds so satisfying. Yeah, it so, sounds so satisfying on the uh, on the recording. It's a uh, little something extra ale. Keeping it keeping it classy with Lagunitas. Isn't that one you had on last podcast, just out of curiosity? I don't know. No, that was a little something wild. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Keeping it in the family. So very nice. Little something extra is the little something something with just more hops and more malt, an extra percentage point roughly. It would be the perfect beer if they just made little something wild extra, which would be this but with Belgian yeast, right? So if little something wild is little something something with Belgian yeast, little something extra is extra hoppy, slightly more alcoholic, little something something then little something wild extra would be little something extra with Belgian yeast. Can, can it just be like little something whizzy or something so that it's like, it just it goes crazy at the end? Yeah, you're right. It's just like little something, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, great beer. Great yeah. beer. Sounds awesome. It's seasonal. All right, so yeah, so what are we doing here? Mm. Uh, we're Today we're going to be going back, looking at what we've done so far uh, as a podcast. Uh, next week we're going to my bachelor party, which is also Hunter's asterisk bachelor party. Not really, but it is. No, dude, it's you. I'm gonna do my own thing. That's it's all you, bro. I don't want to take away from your spotlight. All right, then we'll take away the asterisks. Yeah, but um, it'll be just unspoken bachelor party. Oh, it's just it's just funny. I think that Matt Good is gonna be there, and that's like sort of like we're like part of your group's party. That's not your thought oh, for you. <laughs> well, that is very true. No, that is true. Um, what's great is that he was probably going to go anyhow. Um, yeah. It'd, it'd be cool if we could have a live show, then you could just call in and be like, no, no, guys, I'm only doing it for, for Juicebox's bachelor party. That's the only reason. <laughs> um, ho- I'm just showing up. Hopefully he, uh, he listens to this in his car. 
at some point. Well, I think I think yeah, I think this is gonna be out right after the festival. But but either way, it might include parts of the festival for all we know in this episode. Yeah, this um, might be our but, festival. Episode. But either way, we we like for the last like few months, we've been like really devoting ourselves to this podcast. We like we've recorded you know somewhere near ten episodes, including maybe. You know, I think 10 episodes, maybe 11 or 12 with lost episodes. <laughs> we haven't released yet. And there's one that we uh, we will never be able to release, the Kendrick episode, which we uh, all mourn. Uh, well, we'll just release it as a deep cut of only my my side with just, like, Kendrick Lamar in the background. <laughs> that sounds great, actually. Maybe we'll throw that on at the end of this episode, just, like, for whoever's listening, like a moment of zen. Yeah. Uh, Hunter's Aww. talking about the album over the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, anyway, so besides that, what we're doing today as a celebration of that, and, you know, after after the party, I think both of us, like, I have some acting gigs coming up, and Hunter has a wedding, and he might have a new job. We'll find out. Maybe we'll be able to report back on that and before the end of this podcast. No, I Not already. It's ending. I already do have a new job, but with off the grid. Um. Uh. So I, I was just saying that like after today, I think that we're gonna be going back to like a mostly monthly podcast. Not that we've been doing it every week, but just saying that like, you know, we we have other things we have to do in our lives right now. This isn't. Not that this isn't a something we want to keep doing. It's just that we can't prioritize it. There's no end yeah. game. Really. You're, you're not really that important to us. You're kind of important. You're definitely that, once a month important to us. Yeah, you're certainly once a month important. And we're, I mean, I think this is more an opportunity for us to hang out and talk to people about things that we believe in. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, you know, we, we've we changed the format of this podcast over time. Maybe that's a good way place to start. Yeah. Like with with our first episode. We, we've come a long way, I think, since... Since an episode, which uh, I don't know how many people have listened to it. Apparently it's gotten a lot of plays, but I can't tell if that's just like people not being able to play the episode initially and replaying it over and over again, like my mom or my grandma or something. Um, who knows? Either hmm. way, those first those first two episodes of Angie Gaudium uh, still are our highest played episodes. Wait, so really? Somebody listened to them. Yeah, yeah, they have like 60 plays or 70 plays. Huh, weird. Well, guys, listen to our newer stuff, though. Like this one. No, people are still listening. It's just like a slow growth. That one had a lot more time. It had like a you know a year and a half, whereas the last ones have been like four or five months. Yeah, but what's so you know? funny is that's all on like SoundCloud, right? So who are these people mm-hmm. that just find us on SoundCloud? Well, I like we found out a, a couple weeks ago we had a guy who posted us on SoundCloud. So I think occasionally people are, are sharing information. I mean, every once in a while, I think somebody listens to something interesting on the podcast. Like, maybe there are people who are specifically into Evangelium and the Pope. Like, there's a lot of Catholics who drink beer who were listening to that episode. Because, like, nobody else is talking about it, really. Well, that'd be amazing. And, I don't believe that, and but I, it sounds great. Oh, I don't believe it either. I think it's some sort of fluke of people, like I said, clicking over and over again. Maybe some of our friends, like Tess and Carla, who were listening initially, who may have petered off at this point based on a recent conversation i had with them that wasn't just that of nowhere if you guys are listening keep listening we love you oh yeah nobody nobody listens dude it's fine my but but my fiance doesn't listen it's all right yeah see my and my fiance listens occasionally but i think everyone listened to those first couple episodes which may be why they have so many plays 
Um, and why they but the don't point is, I think I think we put these out there because in hopes that like in time, you know, as history views these podcasts, they'll be like, this was useful to somebody at some point when they were thinking about one of these issues, maybe, and like either despairing or feeling like they were like, they all just alone. they just wanted, yeah, they they were just all alone in their position and and lack of information maybe. Yeah. We give them hope that yeah you too can can have opinions <laughs> dude exactly and i mean for me it's more just it's gonna be fun that when we're uh excuse me rich and famous and we'll look back and that you know buzzfeed will be pulling pulling all this random audio from this podcast and taking it out of context and yeah i wonder what things are going to be used against us in the oh future. it's gonna be great yeah i've been thinking a lot about that in the context of this um like talking about you know things that may or may not be illegal and stuff like that where you're like well is that being pompous to even like (laughs) assume that it's that anyone is ever gonna listen to it at all and that it and that they'll care you know it's almost like to a certain extent it makes you seem a little like you think you're the shit or you're gonna be the shit if you're censoring yourself because that's presuming a, 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 a you know huge user base. Yeah, but I also just don't think it's necessary because I think we live in such a niche society now with the internet that everyone can find their community. Like, yeah. Like I think, for example, Dan Harmon is a yeah. really good example of somebody who's very honest with their personality and says says things that are sometimes mildly offensive to people. But he he just kind of everything is like. It's very out there, so it's it's he's exposed all the time, so people understand that there's a vulnerability there, so they're willing to accept a lot with that vulnerability. And I think in the same way, like we're not always accurate in our information, but I think people might accept that because we're not claiming to be, and and we're willing to have that conversation, and we're open to other ideas. Yeah, it's a know, really good point. There. Yeah, definitely. Which, which I have to say, can be a problem with like I. I with either political ideology, whether you're a liberal or a conservative or a Republican or a Democrat or whatever it is, you can get entrenched in your ideas and then not have, not be able to talk to anyone outside of your political viewpoint. And and I think without getting angry or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we may disagree with people at the end of the day, but I think we're willing to talk to those people. I mean, I'm always willing to talk to whoever's out there. Oh, of course, yeah. me as well. My only um, kind of roadblock, and this is not a, a, a reason not to talk to people, but what I encounter in certain extreme uh, circumstances is just an inability to reason. And that's where I have, that's where I get frustrated is, is when you keep, and not to be a dick, but when you keep like repeating uh, talking points that you heard on TV or whatever, or heard from someone else and it's not based in reality whatsoever and you're not willing to at least like engage one-on-one without relying on said talking points there's not nowhere to go with that you know yeah but don't you think some of those people are kind of self-aware that what they're doing is is sort of a a self-centered act to keep up a a lifestyle like i have a feeling not the people that i talk to not at all well well this is gonna be interesting because i have a friend who's coming to this bachelor party i'm not gonna name his name but well dude you're blowing up a spot now there's like there's like 
eight or nine people coming. I don't need to this. I'm not going to be specific about who it is. They'll be maybe maybe my friends will be able to figure out who it is. There's no way he listens to this podcast. So who cares? Yeah, it's a a close friend. He's a close friend. We disagree on a lot of political issues, but we're like really we've been best friends forever. So whatever. Who cares? Anyway, the point is that he uh, he's really against Elizabeth Warren, but he he's mostly he will admittedly uh, say that he's mostly against Elizabeth Warren because it would affect him financially more so than like he at the end of the day is willing to admit that if you pressure him enough on the facts. What Um, is he in finance? Yeah, because he specifically works in banking. Yeah, well, uh, maybe, may, right. Yeah, and to sorry, that I ahead. say, no. To that I say, you've had a ridiculously good run for too long, and Elizabeth Warren is just talking sane shit. That's the whole problem with well, the bank. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and I and I said to him that what you're really doing is you're you're maximizing short term profits for long term losses, and in the long term, the bubble's going to burst. So you have to create some sort of long-term security in the system for yourself and for everyone else. It's not just, like, you may think you have a good now, but it's going to collapse on itself one way or another. Right, but then the bank he wor- works for gets bailed out, you know. Or... Yeah, no, but I, I, I meant more like in the long run, there'll either be, either there have to be societal changes in order to even out wealth distribution. Not to say that there should be, like, governmental wealth distribution necessarily, but you know, reforms in in terms of bank, like what Iceland did I was talking about where, you know, the, the women took over the banks and things kind of reformed a little bit. Well, um, well, or, or I was just listening to um, the last track off of To Pimp, Pimp a Butterfly, <clears throat> Kendrick Lamar's new album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he quote unquote interviews Tupac, you know, it's a recorded, he, they, they piece it together brilliantly, I think. Um, and that was the next thing I was going to suggest. I know where you're going with this. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, it was just, you know, the floor. What is the what is the ground? And so he starts off, what does the ground represent? He's like, the ground, he's like, that's the poor people. And they're going to rise up and swallow the rich. And they're gonna, they're hungry yeah. as fuck. And then he's like, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> my, it's probably the best thing I've ever heard Tupac say. He's like, there might be some cannibalism up in this motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, he was, I mean, he, he's talking about mass revolts. What, what happened during, like, the French Revolution, where it becomes hyper-violence, and, and, and that's scary, too. That's a different kind of scary, because that's not the reality any of us want. Even even the people who want a revolution don't want to see that happen. Well, absolutely, um, and I think the, um, <clears throat> the moneyed powers that be don't want to see that either. I think the whole goal, right, is to keep the lower classes just satiated enough so that they don't revolt that's the whole game you know i in a minute i do want to go through our podcast and then like at the end like wrap it up so we'll do like two minutes on each of the podcasts. yeah we really should to like do that but but i want to say did you see that thing that the Koch brothers you know how they had this this meeting for the republican candidates and this fits in with our presidential candidates episode Koch brothers um, yeah that's what i sorry sorry what it's did i okay. just say cock Oh, God, that's because John A. was saying that all yesterday, and I was trying to tell the other They kind of are the Koch brothers. Yeah, well, anyway. Sorry. uh, The Koch brothers had this retreat where where the uh, Republican candidates all got to speak to them about issues, and part of it was broadcast, but part of it, mostly the Koch brothers' uh, speeches, were uh, redacted from the live stream, Mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah. And and apparently in the Koch brothers speech, he said something about this upcoming cultural revolt. Um, and he said it in a way that 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 emphasized as if uh, they the rich themselves were also worrying about the class divide. Yeah. In a real exactly. way. Exactly. And but I don't know if his concern is because he's worried about his own personal safety or if the concern is for the greater good. Which no, is no, not the greater of, good. Not probably personal safety either. It's probably more like financial safety. Financial safety, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy though. Well, I mean, he's, they're not dumb. No one's ever saying that they're dumb, clearly. Well, yeah, it was interesting. I, 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 I didn't know what to think of it because the, the press statement they released sounded like it could have been something that you know Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren was saying, but obviously that's not... It, there's there's a little bit of a twist on there, but maybe that's genuinely how they feel. They just feel like this is the way to go about that, which is maybe where the flaw in this argument is. No, I think that the difference is that with Bernie Sanders, it's like we need to instigate a, a significant social change and, and, and uh, economic structural change where you know the, the bottom 90% aren't getting fucked while the top 10% just get fat. And what I think the Coke wrote, I mean, obviously I didn't read it or see it, but he's like, I think they're like, oh shit, the poor people, basically, everybody else, the 90%, aren't, aren't, are no longer satisfied with the crumbs that they've been given and that they actually, there's a real concern that they might essentially rise up in the exact way i mean best case for them and this exact way that bernie sanders is talking the worst case just like straight fucking fire and brimstone maybe not best case but like bernie's obviously talking about doing within the rule of law in a civil way right 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 so whereas what we're talking about is closer to the the kind of uh, Land of the Dead, Mad Max scenario we were describing at the end of last episode. Totally, exactly. On your little ivory tower with everybody yeah. else hounding at the fences. Right I can't there. believe we didn't bring up Land of the Dead during that episode, by the way, because when I was listening to it back, I was like, that's what we're describing. I forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about this afterwards, and you were so right. Oh, man. Dennis Hopper. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> that and that and the uh, the the video for victory. I don't know if you ever seen that. The beer. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great things that uh, that Dennis Hopper did. We don't oh. have to go through Dennis Hopper's career, but <laughs> when I think of Dennis Hopper, primarily I think of two things. One is that, and the other one is Land of the Dead, and the other one is this video for uh, victory, which is a song by Puff Daddy, Notorious B.I.G., and Busta Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Where Busta Rhymes is rapping on top of a gargoyle, and. <laughs> It, the the video features Danny DeVito as a reporter and um, who we're just talking about blanking on his name now, Dennis Hopper. Just Dennis Hopper as the bad guy. That's great. Uh, and He's it's a, a big you know it, height of bad boy production ridiculousness. Puff Daddy at one point walks out of a church with doves flying out of the air while talking about capitalism. It's Guns great. flying. Great. No. No, doves. doves. Doves flying out of the air as he exits a church. In like this really... Have you not heard that song? Because we should play that song. What is right it? Right now. <laughs> Victory. No, we'll put it on the end of the episode, but just enough time that it doesn't cost oh, us it's, money. It's so... 
It's so good. We'll just put a little bit on like a commercial right now. I'll make a commercial that just like for Victory because it's one of my favorite rap songs. All right, great. Throw it I on. love it. Capitalism, freedom, the free market. These are words that you may not understand, but we will keep saying them until you agree that we need capitalism. Capitalism, capitalism, there is no choice, there is only capitalism. Buy, sell, be a consumer, be a sheep, be a sheep, buy a sheep, buy a capitalism. Capitalism, it's the free market, dummy. Brought to you by the Koch brothers, not the Koch brothers, the Koch brothers, because we love to buy cock. So, episodes. Is it time? Can we go? Episode one. Yeah, let's, let's go right away. Evangelium, this is episode one and two. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say about Evangelium, what I want to say is that since that episode, the Pope has been super chill. Like, at that time, that was the first super chill, cool thing the Pope's done. He's been better, even better than I expected since then. Yeah, I was part. actually going to say that he, um, the funny thing was about when he talked about capitalism, and uh, that, I guess that was Evangelium, but he also did it again, but also um, climate change. Yeah, he just, and he just did it again, and he did climate change, and he's talking about, you know, just compassion, yeah, yeah, compassion as a whole. Now, there were obviously issues within this, he still hasn't addressed, uh, my, my biggest concern with the Catholic Church currently, in terms of their actual practices, is preventing, uh, uh condom use, what, what am I saying, sexual, um, basically sex education protection. in Africa. Yeah. yeah sexual protection and sexual, sexual education in Africa. I thought they're growing, um, uh, more warm to that recently, right? Yeah, they are, they certainly are, but I, I, that would be, if he can pull that off, then like this is this is a great pope, probably the best pope, definitely the best pope in my lifetime, maybe the best pope I ever heard of. Either. Already best, already best pope in our lifetime. That's not that hard, but um, yeah. What I was yeah, gonna, yeah. what I was gonna say though is that um, one thing that I love about this guy is that he spurred, uh, a, he had you know the the prerequisite reactions from the presidential candidates. Uh, about I think about either climate change or economic reform basically right from a religious perspective because that's obviously the perspective that he talks from <laughs> by definition he's the pope um, so and and uh, Bush new Bush was like he's like well you mean jab yeah he was like well I don't really get my uh, he's like I don't get my uh, what how did he say I don't get my economic yeah policy advice from my religious leader or some you know i'm paraphrasing right or something like that no it was it, i think it was yeah it was pretty much exactly that i don't I, take i, I don't, don't take i don't remember the policy words advice in... from from religious leaders and the irony just like was I just like that's what you exactly what everybody he's saying does. just like i don't take religious advice from my economic leaders like something like from bankers or whatever right well Which no is like I, I would think I would think if you were a moral person th and you were a uh, you know a smart person that that should apply across the board to everyone you hang out with and affiliate with, both those things it shouldn't be like one or the other. Wait what? Oh, I was saying that like in in that quote about what Jeb says that he's basically saying like well I wouldn't take moral advice from a corrupt banker but I wouldn't take business advice from a moral saint you know what i mean like like he's he, I, on one hand he's like saying like people can be one thing or the other they can't be both 
Oh, I didn't really. I forgot that it was like a a duality statement. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Sorry. the whole thing. No, it's okay. Yeah, that's where I was confused. But um, I think the irony is that he does base Paul. I mean, all Republicans base policies on not all, but a lot do on religious on a religious basis, or at least as a veneer, right? So right, right. if Jeb Bush opposes abortion for religious reasons, then he's lying. Because he didn't say economic well, policy, he said, like, like pol- policy, I think. And this is why the uh, the Pope's uh, the policies have really thrown a wrench in the Republican system. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet during this cycle, during this presidential election cycle. But I think down the line, this could really affect yeah. uh, religious viewpoints uh, on these issues. Totally. I mean, certainly, like, most people aren't Catholics. They're mostly, in this country at least, they're mostly Protestant. But Protestant viewpoints are certainly affected by other religious viewpoints, uh, Christian at least, you know. Oh yeah, of course. Like that's, it, they're they're not in a bubble by themselves. No. All right. Okay. Next. Avengers Guardian. I, well, I wanted to say. Okay, so the next two mini cast rent is due. We never actually finished the NYC series, and in fact, there's an episode after that that we might release. That was an archived episode all about when Hunter was leaving for San Francisco, and we were talking about Israel and Palestine, which still feels very present today. Maybe a little wait, bit we Iran. did we we didn't this? release it. We never released that. We never released the second part of. NYC. I still have these files. On oh dear, was I saying some incendiary um, shit about Israel? No, no, no. It wasn't even that. I think the thing was that at the point, at that point, we had kind of abandoned the format. Once you moved to San Francisco, we didn't really talk about the podcast that much right away, and we both yeah. felt like we had kind of moved on past it. We kind of let the SoundCloud SoundCloud account and our blog fall behind, and. There was like a point that we also felt like the format that we'd come up with where we were just recording ourselves continuously and releasing like these like two hour presentations was not effective in the way that we wanted to reach people and and not share what we what we had to offer to the podcast community. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, mostly what I want to say about these like archived episodes is that while we may, may release more of them, I have to say like the format has changed dramatically and I, I think it's for the better. I think maybe we're missing out a little bit on like these sort of like improv scenarios, but we're not together now anyway. And maybe we can get more out of it, out of interviews. But like, I I feel like we, with this structure and with our ability to, you know, like like analyze issues and all and and do this on a more consistent basis, we've we've become a stronger media form for it. I don't know. I don't yeah, yeah, that. it's better. It's just better. Yeah. It's just fucking better. Yeah. yeah, trust us. Yeah, exactly. or you can listen and, to the other stuff, and then you'll probably agree, or not, and then tell us. Yeah, tell us if you if you want to. Like, we could do some episodes. Like, I imagine <laughs> what we're gonna do at Peach Festival is gonna be a little bit more like the old format. Yeah. So, like, exactly. If if you have some suggestions, please holler at us. But until then, so anyway, I just want to say I don't even know what the mini cast was about back then. That was like a year and a half ago. I can't remember at this point. If you listen to it, let us know. Um, rent is due was about rent in NYC. Rent is still too high, and now they're trying to do these things with like splitting a building so half of it is uh, assisted rent and half of it is really luxury apartments so that you save on building costs and taxes, but also provide housing sort of for people. I don't know. Seems I don't know how I feel bad. about the whole thing. What? Mm. 
Seems not bad, right? Well, it's it's interesting because it wouldn't be bad in theory, except the way that it's being done a lot of times is is with a, a segregated building. So you have like a w- literal wall built. Oh down a yeah, dude, in a separate entrance. Yeah. It's yeah. And and that even happens with like things like people with dogs and stuff like that, where they have separate entrances. But that kind of stuff, we need to figure out sort of generic building codes, at least for the buildings like specific to each building so that 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 shouldn't happen no that's really i've heard about this like the dirty person entrance you know yeah yeah and nyc rent in general needs to go down somehow they need to build bigger big higher buildings people need to spread out a little more we need to get better public transportation out there that's just a general note about nyc that's my feeling yeah probably here too i mean definitely here too but oh definitely san francisco too yeah 100 percent but the problem is, like Those, all all the buildings are hella short, you know. Like I'm in a, I'm in the third. Well, they're not they're not top. building skyscrapers there. But see, like like I think all the buildings in New York just start striving to be as high as that like crazy building on Park Avenue that's like the taller than the Empire State Building that I hate. But the reason I hate that building is because every floor is basically an apartment. It's just luxury apartments to the top floor, so it's like fifty seven apartments, even though it's a gigantic building. Right. It's absurdist. That should be used. That should be like 180 apartments, and that would be amazing. Right. Yeah. 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 No, so that's my thought. Build up more more vertical gardens and stuff like that. We deal with that later. All right. Allergy. Let's move on to the new episodes. Episode one: A new beginning. Lagunitas copyright. Um, we haven't really talked about that Lagunitas thing since then. We've been talking a lot about Lagunitas. I mean, they're great in terms great. of the something something series, especially. Oh yeah. Um. And I think that the beef has been settled. Nobody really cares about that. It wasn't a big issue. I think the big thing we talked about in that episode, which was interesting, was this sort of copyright debate, which is still going on now. It's very present um, with patents. Like, I don't know if you heard about this happy birthday thing that's been going on. No, no, I haven't. All right, so happy birthday is owned by Warner Music, which is why whenever you go to a restaurant, I'm sure, like, everyone knows this, but whenever you go to a restaurant like a friendlies or something, they can't sing happy birthday. They have to sing some variation like happy, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, which nobody knows. And it's a stupid song that every restaurant has to learn because they can't have the happy birthday song we all sing at home. And the reason they can't sing that song is that song was copyrighted by Warner Music in like the 1960s um, from some patent office they were able to file and since then they've made millions of dollars off of it year after year because whenever it's used in a tv show or in any media presentation for somebody's birthday they get money for it um stupid okay yeah it's super stupid especially since it's obviously a colloquial song it'd be like kind of like copywriting the star spangled banner it's it's ridiculous yeah Um, exactly all right but but What's now that people are starting to learn more about it, uh, a big suit has come up against the patent office saying that this song was originally derived from a song that a teacher sang called uh, "Good Morning to You," which is "Good morning to you, good morning." You know what? You know, "Happy Birthday, Good." Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it was a "Good morning morning to your class and good." And since that, exactly, and since that song isn't copyrighted. Warner Brothers copyright is starting to be questioned and now it seems like the happy birthday patent is going to be eliminated and and with it I think we can we're going to start seeing a lot of eliminations of ridiculous patents because over the last 10 to 15 years especially there's been a lot of things that have been patented which probably shouldn't be patented like 
basmati rice dna um basmati human dna rice oh my god okay yeah yeah that's ridiculous well yeah, yeah. I, was... we, I mean the point is that like patents patents have gotten to a ridiculous stage where they're preventing innovation and also preventing basic human sense like common sense so yes. that's that's where I think we got to in that pocket. Anyway, yeah, what do you want to say? Sorry. Well, oh, man. <sighs> Sorry, I've been a really long day. Um, what okay. I was going to say is that I was just reading a little blurb about how the estimated value of all privately held patents is absurd. It's like either $1.2 or $2.1 trillion. And oh, it's, it's stupid. And basically... One of the the point of this article was basically the fact that you, if you nixed patent rights in developing countries of developed countries' patents, specifically when it comes to medicine, then you could get medicine at like basically the cost of of production of making the pill, for instance, right? So right. the whole idea was I mean, and take a. Take, that example applied uh, across a bunch of different industries, maybe even like electronics, I don't really know. But my point being that like, if they could manufacture locally without having to worry about infringing on these super expensive patent rights, it would be a, a huge boom to, to the developing world. This article was in terms of Africa and specifically, I think, more than anything else, but it's... I never really thought about that, though. You know, like, how much bullshit well, and, patent and rights have an international... Uh, you know, and context. and places like China and India have basically ignored patent rights in this country, which, have, which you know, copyright used to be a non-international issue. So, back in the day, when... The reason there weren't a lot of novelists in the early days of the uh, American colonies is because... Uh, they when American publishers started making books, they just took everything that was copyrighted in Europe and just printed it. Okay, for free. Yeah. yeah. Sell it. Uh, so there was it took a long time for people like Mark Twain to develop because the, first of all there wasn't a culture, but second of all there just wasn't like there wasn't a market for it because there were so many books that were just being printed for free all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's like what happened with the internet now. Um, in every yeah. Way. Everything is free. Uh, Why do we pay for music? But, but like I, I think there's I think yeah I think we're coming to new terms about what what we need to what we need to consider in terms of copyright and 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 what actually constitutes a, a helpful copyright and what is what is not helpful in terms of societal law. Anyway, yeah. let's move yeah. on. Yep. Okay. Next, next we did a Grammy special. All I want to say about the Grammy special is that I think we both agree that uh, Run the Jewels two should have gotten more recognition. Oh That's hell yeah! Say. Enough said. Yeah. Anything but the Super Bowl special. Uh, Budweiser ads. Fuck Budweiser. Still. Fuck them. Fucking yeah, Beth. That was ridiculous. Oh, um, no, never mind. That's. No. I think I think we're still waiting to see how they're going to affect. Um, what was their latest purchase? I forgot. Seattle oh, company. It was somebody who they said they weren't going to affect. It was the biggest one since Goose Island. Elysian. Like Elysian. That's the one. Yeah, we still haven't seen how they're going to affect a lesion, but I think that's going to be the test of time in terms of how I feel about InBev as a whole, as a corporate entity. But right now, fuck Budweiser. That's yep. all I have to say about that. All right, next. All right, presidential candidates. Um, I think we should update our pool. I don't think it's possible to go through every Republican candidate that's been added in because it's become a freaking circus. But let's just address Trump because we didn't talk about him at all. 
Uh, and um, I feel like it's important. I don't even really important. want to talk about him, to be honest. Well, I'm just surprised that this is, that he's polling so high still uh, at this point. I mean, I understand, I guess, the sensationalism behind him and the fact that maybe he's the most rational of a bunch of crazy-looking people. But, but he's, he's, but he's still... not the most rational at all. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like, he appears rational compared to a bunch of people who look like corporate hypocrites, possibly. I think that he's there to make everybody else look more rational. Well, I don't know. The, the, when it becomes controversial, when I, where I think he gains, gains real legitimate grounds for, like, either, like, like some sort of political run is uh like things like what happened with the Koch brothers where he was able to tweet like oh guys like don't everyone's showing up to beg for Koch brothers money because he doesn't have to go because he has his own money you know so right. he, he doesn't have to fake his corporate backing he doesn't have to pretend like he's not representing interests he's only representing self-interest and we yeah. all know it like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very open about it yeah um he's hilarious so i, so I think like people are are like his honesty and i wish there was a candidate you know like a bernie sanders or an elizabeth warren elizabeth warren especially who was able to like bridge that gap more um because because i think honesty is the is the thing we should be looking for for our politicians but they don't have to be honest assholes also which is what trump obviously is he's like the biggest asshole we have like fuck that guy i can't believe he's still around that's what's so funny to me i'm like i thought that he would have like faded into the background the the reason that i know he's serious this time though obviously is that he uh all his shit got canceled you know what i mean they canceled uh all the shows like the miss universe pageant miss universe uh, yeah miss america i mean at two and uh they also canceled his show yeah they any apprentice right in the apprentice yeah well it's just like all of his ties to media companies were canceled and he didn't care because he's very serious about this this time around and, you know, the more I think about it, I I have to say, uh, the more that we talk about it, I love Bernie Sanders, but I don't think, I really don't think it's possible for an agnostic Jew to be elected. As much as I think, as I would vote for him, I don't think everyone will. I think there's too many people who would view that as, as a down. Yeah. Immediate. Yeah, that's fine, dude. You've been saying that the whole time. And he's been fucking putting up numbers that have literally been unseen, so... Yeah, but on only on the Democratic side. No, 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 no. I agree, but I think it's only within liberal wings. I think it's going to be hard to to win the nation over with that with that base. I think I think maybe he can win a couple primaries with that, but I don't think that's an extent to a general election. Look. As much as I would hope that we'd have rational people out there who'd listen to the debates and and be won over, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Well. I can officially say that Hunter was correct on this one. Uh, in the last podcast, he called me out for having this opinion and switching over time to the opinion that Bernie Sanders can actually pull off this election. It's really interesting to see how different your perspective can be after only six months, and I think the next five minutes is a testament to that fact. He's like, look, religion, it's not the greatest thing. I was born into Judaism, and it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. But at the same time, I think that we should uh, focus on uh, just loving one another. I think that it's sounds better. It's more than a little sexist. More <laughs> than a little sexist. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have to say. The hierarchy of religion is not something that I really would like to instill in this government any longer than but it yeah, has I, been. I, 
I wish, I hope that there's like an Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I know she's probably not going to run, but like maybe even Ed Rendell. She's not going to run, dude. Do you know Ed Ed Rendell? Governor Ed Rendell? Yeah. Yeah, I do know him. um, But the only other possibility that's come up on the Democratic side, there's two other possibilities that have been kind of floated out there in the past few days. One is Joe Biden, who I think is a horrible idea. Yeah. To destroy destroy any democratic chance of the office yeah. by taking down other candidates near him there's no reason for joe biden to run i hate to say it but i know. i'm joe biden's a fine guy i think he makes too many stupid comments and more importantly he's just like he's never going to be a serious contender for presidency it's just not going to happen for him and it makes <sighs> it's going to make his legacy look terrible well that's, that's concerned, concern right yeah now have you heard about the howard schultz thing because that, that, I think, I don't think he's a real option, but I think that could really happen. No, from MSNBC? Well, I've heard a couple a couple articles that have cited that Howard Schultz Ed, is interested Ed in Schultz, running. no. Who's Howard Schultz? Who's Ed Schultz? From MSNBC. No, no, Howard Schultz, the head of Starbucks, CEO of Starbucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he'd run a Republican, right? No, he'd run as an independent. Okay. Um, like sort of like Trump, but like you know a more liberal Trump. No, he's pretty liberal. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's the. I mean, Starbucks is theoretically the biggest supporter of the Democratic Party of any corporation. So that would Why be an I... interesting hit to uh, yeah. to Hillary Clinton's campaign if if he was running. But why did I think that he was? Uh... <sighs> Sorry, man. Uh, why did I think that he was um, gonna run as Republican? I don't know why. I, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe. No, I'll look into that. Maybe that's true. I don't know. That's this is what I heard, but it's all speculation because he hasn't said anything yet. No, My point I, is no, that, I'm I'm totally wrong. He's super Demo- Democrat. I thought. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think I think that he could be like a real contender in the race if he were to enter in. I don't think that he'd win yeah. over Clinton, but I think that he'd be a real contender because yeah. of because of how this election is shaping up. I'm still hoping yeah. somebody's going to come out of the woodworks, like a Ray Rendell, yeah. or some people I can't name. But yeah. Can we go? Yeah. All right. So let's finish this up. Campaign finance reform. I don't think we have a lot to say on that, except that like we need to confront this issue. This is number one. For the rest of the podcast, whatever we talk about, that's number one. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's just like informs everything. And, and interrupting campaign finance reform, which was also very important, gun control. Like, yeah. Jesus, there was just another shooting today in Tennessee. Like, I don't know how much more I can... Wait, I understand, what was that one? It was at, a like, a Mad Max uh, showing. I thought it was just... Time. I thought he just did a spray... Uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah, that was, like, a few days ago. This is new No, today. No, I thought this... The one today, I thought there was, like, a pepper spray element. Oh, there is a pepper spray element, but there was a hatchet and guns as well and fake bombs. But Donald did he shoot anybody? Actually, what's interesting is he had planned to do this big thing apparently, and like it didn't work out. We'll we'll cut a lot of this out. But my bigger point is just like saying that like I think there every, was a debate every to be week. had about about gun free zones and uh, infringing on like creating situations where people can create mass havoc. But I think there's also an equal argument to be had about licensing and and distributing those guns in the first place and how we access the the and prepare people for a you know a dangerous weapon as we discussed in that episode yeah. i think as i also read on your facebook uh po- wall conversation with your friend actually 
Yeah, who's like a very who would who would, who will never agree with me on that issue, but I feel like it's an important discussion to keep having. That I think that yeah, it's I agree. we're not trying to take. I don't think we should try to take away anyone's guns, but I think we should license guns so that people who who are clearly uh, incapable of of operating such a important and deadly weapon should not be able to have access to those weapons. It's funny because I will just go on the record and say that I'm just over it, dude. I mean, I I understand that, but I I, I do understand the point about like like what Killer Mike said and what what you know has been true with at least these last few shootings that that they've all taken place in a, like a gun free zone and that there is what somewhat the f- what, a, the, what a, the fuck is a gun free zone? I don't understand. Well, like that. like like the Marine recruiting facility, for example, or or school zones or or the movie theaters that those were at, those are places where you're not allowed to have a concealed carry permit. Those don't apply. So you can't have concealed carry. So, so people, so there's, there are gunmen ahead of time. Now this is like, you know, how much of this is pre-planned? I would say it's about 50, 50, depending on the gunmen. But a lot of gunmen, when they're looking at places to attack, will look for gun-free zones because they realize that there's going to be no defense against them. Now, these are obviously people who are pre-planning attacks who are much more premeditated and insane than, like, many of the gun encounters we see on a regular basis. Correct. And how many of them bought their guns legally? Well, that's that's the other part of the argument. And, yes, and, but this is why I'm saying that we need to confront both issues because I personally, and I know you wouldn't be, but I, I would be okay with more concealed carry permits if the licensing to get a concealed carry permit and to get a gun in general were more complicated. Well, um, there's no way to screen out crazy at the end of the day, dude. I think that is what we True, doing. true, but but also but I also feel like it can be as hard to get a gun as it is to get a car license. And like that seems like a very basic thing to me that we should all be able to agree on. And like mm, I, it's, not, no, it's not the, it's not going to solve anything, dude, because think about how many crazy ass people have licenses. Well, you say that, but like when I'm driving around the highway, although I see some crazy drivers out there every once in a while, I never like worry too much about that when I'm like going on the highway. Like, although I worry like obviously about drivers in my peripheral a little bit, it's never like right like yeah. my main concern. Like I I assume that everyone who's out there has some degree of technical driving skills to that's a certain true. degree. Yeah, that's and true. I feel like if we could at least assume that people who have gun license who purchased a gun legally like learn to shoot a gun correctly and learn to do it in the right circumstances and were taught at least given like a test to see if their personality was completely wacko i would feel a little bit more comfortable about the whole situation yeah that's definitely a step in the right direction i don't mean to undermine that it's definitely like i totally agree with what you're saying but what i guess my point is it's just like at the end of the day like long term I'm done with guns, and the argument against that is that if we ta- if we make guns illegal, the people that still use guns for crime will still get their hands on guns. But at the end of the day, if you phase out guns, eventually there'll be no more fucking guns. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a hard discussion because I one on one discussion one point I I I do agree with the idea that like everything that is you know that you can buy like you would be able to buy guns on the black market still certainly if they were illegal but it would be so much harder to obtain one and for some of these people like a a dylan roof who don't really have access economically or socially to that kind of world they wouldn't be able to obtain a gun 
and yeah. and to prevent at least that like I would say at least like 25-30% of these shootings would lower our statistics significantly and that's enough that I would be will- that we should all be willing to do that at least as a yeah. first step. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. Okay, and then the final episode that we need to discuss just really quickly is well, I mean obviously there'll be the marriage one, but I think we that just happened. The mar- the, until the wedding happens, we won't have a lot more to say about that. We'll t- we'll update more on that soon. Yeah, but we'll human extinction, post. we want to do another episode. I think our next episode, whenever we do it, like a month from now or whatever that is, the next episode we actually do is going to be on ways to solve human extinction a little bit. Not not like ways to solve that specific, but ways to solve the environmental crisis. Mm-hmm. Promising solutions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you out there have any ideas, like we said at the end of that episode, if you're if you're involved in those fields and would like to be interviewed or have anything to say about the topic, please write in or contact us in some way. Because I yeah. I know I have one friend who might be interested, but they haven't listened to the podcast just because I contacted them. So I want to uh, I want to interview an algae farmer. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. And we have a and we have an episode coming that's uh about the Supreme Court. That's all I'm going to say as a little tease here at the end. Yeah, maybe. All right. Be- before we leave, is there anything you want to say like maybe about John Stewart's departure tomorrow night or anything yeah, like sorry, that? Yeah, I'm sorry I'm so sleepy. Yeah, no, when this right. can... we... like 2 minutes, so let's finish. Oh it. man, yeah, when this comes out, John Stewart will be gone and um well not gone, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> watch he just gets assassinated just last night it wasn't me if that happens i promise guys um that would be shitty um but yeah it's gonna really it's gonna really i know that it's it's used as the fodder against younger liberals where it's kind of like oh they get their predominant it's a predominant news source and it, yeah that, that that is troubling a little bit but at the end of the day like I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I think the people that are supposedly getting their news or were getting their news from Jon Stewart previously weren't getting their news from anywhere. So, yeah, but, but I ahead. do think one one of the reasons I have, I have to say, like in the last couple of years, The Daily Show hasn't been as prominent as it used to be is really? because they're... Well, I, at least like... I well, disagree. Colbert, at least since Colbert's been off the air, I feel like he's been a little less cutting to people. I think he's less invested in the job, at least. But also, I my bigger thing is just that because of the internet, like because the internet allows for investigative journalism on a mass scale, yeah. we don't need things like The Daily Show so much anymore because there are people to point out when Fox News is wrong over and over That's again. true. Like, yeah, you're right. That actually there are nerds that actually watch that that don't work for The Daily Show now. Yeah, and, and, and there are other shows that are being developed, obviously, like John Oliver's incredible. I think he's Well, I was like going to say, uh, you texted me about this. Like, he, he's totally killing it. It's it's incredible. I mean, that's a great show. It's only once a week, but damn it, it kills it. Did I ever tell you that I, like, ran into him on the top of Bernal, Bernal Hill in San Francisco? No. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was, uh... Let's I end was... with this story. I was That's in the okay. car and I was rolling up a little spliff to go up to the hill. It was legal, legal marijuana. Don't worry about it. It was just like three years ago, and um, I was walk- we were gonna walk up the hill, with some friends, and um, <laughs> sure enough, I'm, we're, we're like parked at the top of the hill, twisting this up, 
And so people are walking up to the hill with their dog, and it's like, holy shit, that's John Oliver with, like, a, a lady friend and another guy friend. And with a dog. And, uh, I like, we, like, kind of, I give him a head nod, you know, like a little, hey, you know, what up? And, um, and then we're up there, and in did you where? ever visit me in Fernal Heights? No, I've never been to San Francisco. Fernal Heights in San Francisco? One time when I was a kid, I told you. Oh, sorry. That's right. Um, so there, the, we used to live like by this giant hill, probably the best view of the city in the city, and it's um, it's this like wonderful, huge like hilltop park. It's incredible, and there's like you know a lot of dogs, and so we're up at the top, like about to spark this up, and who who is there but fucking John Oliver? And I'm like, oh, I see him. And to this day, I regret, like, we, we walked by them Aww. to kind of get to someplace more uh, private so we could blaze, but blaze. But to this day, and, like, I kind of, like, you know, said hi on the way by. But um, I wasn't like, hi, hi, John Oliver. But what I do wish that I had said was, like, ha- like thank you for all that you do, you know, or something. I didn't know until even he was hosting The Daily Show last year how important he would become. And, and even then, it didn't seem like. Well, this was, yeah, this was before he hosted The Daily. I mean, this was, like, three years ago. He was he was a correspondent. Yeah, yeah, he was. Show, but already he was, like, already doing yeah. great shit, you know. But he was much less prominent at that time. He was mu- he yeah. was in town doing, Well, I'm like definitely going to, I will say, I'm going to watch Trevor months. Noah at least for the first, like, you know, couple weeks to see what happens. But it uh, it's not going to be the same. It will never be the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, didn't I tell you? Yeah, no, definitely not. Well, didn't I tell you when uh, we watched the first episode of Colbert um, in my in Yeah, my and you thought he dorm, couldn't keep... I watched yeah, the yeah, first yeah. episode, and I was like, he can't keep this up. Yeah, he can't keep this up. Actually, and I was like, interestingly, yeah. I believe that's what our mini is about. The one that I couldn't remember, I believe that's about Jon Stewart leaving The Daily Show and stuff and Colbert and all that stuff. Wait, when was that? Before I, don't, I don't remember, but I remember that we talked about that at one point, so... It's a good note to leave All right. on. Sweet. All right. Well, good night, everybody. That was nice. Yeah. Tenth <laughs> anniversary special. Enjoy it. Yeah. And we're out. I'm not gonna drop my mic because it's only one and a half. All right. All right. Peace. <laughs> Peace, buddy. Henry and Ops. 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 It's not. It's not safe, dog. But it's fucking incredible, dude. Yeah, when you when also once you realize too, I mean, okay, so I let me give you my whole spiel on this. And actually, Juicebox, this was in our dream. This is in my dream last night. Our dream. That's creepy. This is in my dream last night. And, well, I think I said that because I think you were in my dream. It was you or someone else. But basically, I was trying to like someone was going to give a talk on this on this album, and I was like, he's like, I don't know what to say. And I think it was you. And I was like, dude. Just say the thing that I when I like repeated my theory that I'm gonna say right now. He's like, that's what you believe, not what I believe. And I was like, well, fuck you, dude. Like, come on, man. Giving you so it's good content here. Anyhow, so speaking of what, so Good Kid, Bad City was definitely like it was a rap opera to a certain extent, right? It was. I mean, I don't. I don't mean that in a negative way, obviously, but it was like a yeah. 
Oh yeah, this one is like him growing up in the hood and then getting, he, at the end he actually gets famous and I was re-listening to it today actually and at the end you hear his mom in the voicemail say that Top Dog called. You know that part? I never heard that before. She's like, Top Dog called that. I think she says they want you and Jay, J-Rock, right? Come down? Exactly. And that's what I try to do with Look at Mad City this morning and it totally, it is that. It's that story of like, kind of just like being in the hood and you know, gangbanging with your homies and just like that was like kind of this arc of, of the day slash life in the hood and like kind of getting out and the mom is like, you know, once you get famous, come back home and tell these black and brown kids like that there's a way out basically and that like there's a larger issues at play here and so there's an arc of kind of like understanding and this, this new album, Pippa Butterfly, is the same like structure but the, the rap opera is being um courted by fame being entranced by fame being kind of like fucking having a meltdown because you feeling so conflicted about your role as someone that's famous and all the you know all the trappings that come with that but then kind of like yeah like you just said like you said a while ago comes home just like his mom asked him to in the first album, or the, the previous album. Buy a better beer. Don't try to be a better human being. Okay. Hey, watch the wolf suit.